Critics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple, couple, couple of critics. Hello. Hi. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you? I am A-OK. I'm hanging out in a bathrobe. How are yes, you doing? You are. I'm doing great watching you hanging out in a bathrobe. It's good. It's soft. It's comfortable. It's the way to live my Saturday. Didn't you get Sunday. that free? Didn't Even you get better. That free? It's Sunday. Yeah, it was sent to me through the mail by either, I think it was black and mild for my birthday. <laughs> I do not smoke cigarettes. I do not smoke black and milds, but I I filled something out years and years ago for free coupons, and they've sent me things over the years for free, and isn't it because you they sent me a robe. give people the coupons and then they use them? So yes. they're like, man, she's still using them. So they believe that I'm actively <laughs> using them. So every once so in a while a they'll tip. give me a... A gift, and I take gifts. Yeah, if you like non-smokers, just sign up for that coupon thing, and then give it to your buddies. And I'll and give you a <laughs> sexy little red robe. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and soft and fluffy. So we are here. Yay! Episode three. Episode three. Uh, I believe it's the diarrhea episode. Is what is that? What a number three is would that be? What a number three would be? Uh, yeah, because that's like pissing out of your ass. It's like pissing shit together. Yeah, it's I mean, a combo. Diarrhea is often like pissing out of your ass. So yeah, number three. Number three, diarrhea episode. Uh, last week, I informed Sam that we would be listening to an album by Stone Temple Pilots. It is their second release called Purple. It was released uh, June 7th of 1994. So, so far, our albums have all consisted of release dates of 94, 95. Again, this is the third episode, so I'm kind of stretching by pretending like that means anything at this Every point. Every single one will be from 1994 <laughs> from here on out. Well, we're 80s babies, but we're 90s kids. I so bet it we makes could sense. find a lot of albums from 94 and 95 that we actually do like. Well, when I looked something up a little bit ago about this album Purple and the release date, um, there is a list. I'm not sure. I don't remember what website it was, but they had a ranking of so many albums that were released in the year of 1994. Did it look like good ones, or did you really look at it? I didn't look at it. I just yeah. saw the um, headline of the website. You I think did not Primus had an album out in 94? I guarantee. I wonder if they did. That I'm looking it up right frame. now. I was just thinking about it. 1994 was a good time. The mid-90s were great. There are a lot of people who really love the 80s and aren't a big fan of the 90s. I think the 80s are all right. The 90s are my shit. Uh, no, but 94 was Woodstock. So that's when Primus got. Yeah, they got that. Huge they had mud thrown at them. Yeah, their when names were mud. Names mud. <laughs> and didn't Limp Biscuit start the thing that year, or was that Lollapalooza? Yeah, ninety four is too early for Limp Biscuit. Limp, Limp Biscuit, Limp Biscuit. All right. So we are going to go ahead and jump into this album. We're gonna do this. Um, back before Scott Weiland just threw himself away. Uh, he was actually literally a really good, in my opinion, frontman of a band who had a really good uh, time in their early days. Things got a little hard as times went on. Yeah, this is a time when I heard Stone Temple Pilot songs back in the day. I still liked them, and I liked the way the videos looked. I liked the way Scott Weiland looked. I liked the grunge era at the time. Well, I think there was a little bit of doubt when STP came out with their first album, Core, that they, you know, could stand up next to all these other grunge people. And from what I read... Did they come out after all that later than anybody else? Like, I Soundgarden, think they came out Malice within the same Chains? time. 
but they didn't always sound like exactly like the other bands because yeah. I think that they kind of played with pop sounds a little more uh-huh. um, than like the traditional grunge stuff, which made it easier. This is the album that uh, they had some of their biggest hits from, especially one in particular. And supposedly this is a song that had an effect on critics and changed their minds a little bit huh. on the band. Um, oh, they can write songs. Oh, they can maybe hold up. So right. you want to start we it? Go. We're going to start with the song Meat Plow. <laughs> Which is a hilarious title. Bass on this whole album sounds great. The bass tones. Yeah, for me, this is backroad nostalgia. The song starting the album, uh, kicking everything in. I definitely spent a lot of my adolescence, or at least late, late teenage years, driving around. And hell, I still kind of take backroads home because it's just better, better scenery. Um, so this is definitely hitting all kinds of nostalgic buttons for me. And I just, I love it. I think the lyrics are good. I think, uh, Scott Weiland had a way of writing lyrics, a style of his own. I like the groove of the song. I think it sounds like an Alice in Chains riff. And I think that's what put them in the grunge category because they still had that sound. I think they probably sounded more like Alice in Chains than any other grunge band. I would agree. I would agree. They definitely didn't sound like Pearl Jam or Soundgarden. No. There's a few times on this album that I think it sounds like Alice in Chains. Delicious 90s alternative music to me. It just sounds good. Like, the production on this entire album. They really paid for this one. Like, they really got some good guys. I don't know what the first one sounds like. So I don't know what it sounds like in comparison, but... Like, it doesn't sound bad, but this oh. definitely kicked it up a little bit. Like, the bass is so smooth. He's a good bass player. The rhythm, it's just locked in. I didn't realize how much I liked Stone Temple Pilots until you made me listen to this. But these guys are actually good. And we watched that Unplugged thing not too long ago. Yes, they're And I said something about the bass player then, too, didn't I? Mm-hmm. It's just got a good tone. There's something about bass players that when they know what they're doing and they can, like, hit the strings, like, they know what they mean instead of, like, mm-hmm. pussyfooting it. Mm-hmm. And the bass and the drummer does the same thing. They both just have an understanding, just lock in. Yeah. It just makes a band. And yeah. I think this helped them. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps a lot of bands. For sure, but... I didn't realize how much it helped this band. Like, I always thought Scott Weiland was kind of the It's because piece. of Sour Girl. I think Sour Girl, that later came soured out. Soured me? It soured you because huh. he had a much different style than this early orange-haired Scott Weiland. Yeah, it's like a grunge. Yeah. I Still l- got that grunge sound to it. I think, I personally think STP is pretty underrated. I think a lot of people have written them off as being not as good or because of, you know, their biggest hit that we get to, and because, I, like I said earlier, I think they play with pop a lot, but... Yeah, it's got that tambourine in it. It's very tasty. Tasty pop. Tasty pop. Tasty pop. 
All right, Meat Plow. So, uh, so yeah, I liked it. I think it was a good opening song too. Oh, I think it's a really good opening song. It's <clears throat> good it's like, uh, this album. Is the, what it's gonna sound like. All right, and so then this is a big, was this the first single or a big hit? This or? was the. S- I know it was a big hit. This was a hit. This was the second single that they released off of this album. Really, and this is Vaseline. I'd say it's a song that they're pretty well known for. Not as popular oh, as yeah. the other one, but this was a rock band tune, and we definitely played rock band. Did and I played the shit out of drums on this on song. this song. You did? Oh yeah, love this. I was so drunk then that I don't remember any of it. I wasn't as drunk, so I remember it. This song's louder than any other song on the album. During workout, I had to run over and turn it down. You can tell they knew this was going to be a single. They were like, really produce this one. I also never noticed the uh, acoustic guitar that's in the verse. I put headphones on, and there's like an acoustic guitar in the right ear. You hear? I can't pick it out quite as well as you can. It's like this extra jangly sound. I think they had it. I'll turn the other side down. Hear it? Did that jangly sound there? I just never noticed it before. It's a cool little added addition for guys like me who like that production stuff and just add, oh, just add one little thing really low. And just, I've heard this song a thousand times. Well, and, and then all of a sudden I found something new. Yeah, when you take the time to listen to it on a more analytical basis, yeah. um, I definitely noticed something about their style, especially on this album, is that they will make big musical differences between the verses and the choruses sometimes. They will really scale it back during the verses and then just kick in the choruses. I love this song. I love the groove. That's great. Right, guitar line. Da, 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 it's undeniable. Sometimes repetitive things, sometimes repetitive sounds are nice. They feel good. Oh, I like the congas in this song too. The congas and the bongo. That's kind of what I mean. There are songs where they rely more on acoustic style instrumentation. It sounds like on the verses and whatnot, and then choruses are just more heavy. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's a pretty this, well-known song. Well, once again, it just sounds good. This whole album sounds really good. There's like one song, I can't remember what it is, that you can tell that they were kind of like, eh, just throw something on there really quick. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like add as much, I don't know, time to Production it. Production value. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's all really stellar. That bass player, I think he's my favorite member. I think he's become <laughs> my favorite member. I never had a favorite member of this band because I've never <laughs> thought about this band that much. <laughs> But that bass player, he's on it the whole time. He doesn't waver. He's never off time. Mm-hmm. It's the brothers. <clears throat> the DeLeo brothers. But they're the guitar player and the bass player, right? Correct. Whoever they got for the drummer and the bass player, those two 
that guy with blonde hair. I'm not as good with the names. I know that there are DeLeo brothers. Yeah. I know Scott Weiland. And then the other well, guy, I, have, I can never remember his name. I have the info phone, so when we start the next song, but I'll do the But he has the blonde the, uh, hair. But those two together, they're just Matt. I've said it last song, but once you find a bass player and a drummer that click, just makes it all. It sounds ooey gooey and I delicious. I get jealous. It's I get like jealous caramel. of bands like that that like... Oh my God! There was a magic there that's undeniable between this guy and that guy. It's like melted caramel. Everything just <laughs> goos and oozes together. It sounds disgusting, but everything it becomes one. When you can take the sound, it's like people. Oh God! We had a chili cook-off at work not that long ago, and there's always someone who brings in chili that did not cook together for very long so it is just like all separated it's all separate ingredients it's not one solid dish it's and not chili it's just beef and this and this and this and together. this and then when you take a spoon and you lift some of it up all the liquid just drains right off and you just get yeah ingredients oh, yeah. and it's just not mixed together it's not one thing and i think that that's really important a lot of musicians they might do that on a song or two I think STP, when Scott had his shit together, was a really good underrated band, personally. Yeah. Because uh, I think musically, they were good. In my opinion, lyrically, Scott Weiland was also very good. Um, and very <coughs> forthcoming of himself. I actually read the lyrics today before we did this. Uh-huh. And it, it was actually like, oh my god, this is way deeper than I expected. It's very deep, and yeah. it's very colorful. His writing style is very colorful and vivid, I believe. He paints... He paints a picture. Now, this next song is a song that you've heard if you had cable in the 90s. Um, it's not a song that was released as a single, but you should maybe, if whether you realize it or not, recognize the very beginning of Loungefly. Here Why we go. That? You will see. This is an MTV News break with Kurt Loader. Oh, really? Yes. That's what they used? They used the beginning <laughs> of this song. I didn't know. I didn't notice. Well, now I got to look up uh-huh. MTV News. Oh, yeah. It'll hit you. I can't figure out what that sound, what that instrument that is used. Do you know what, what it is? What are you talking about? Let me listen. The main sound right here. Is, that? is it a guitar? It, it sounds. I mean, it's probably started as an instrument, and they did a rhythmic thing, and then it sounds like they chopped it up with processors. Okay. Took like sound effects to it. You kind of. Because when I looked up the instrumentation in the liner notes, it doesn't have a specific instrument in that song that is different than something else or any of the other songs. There's nothing that stands out. So it definitely yeah. sounds like they used. A guitar or something and then did effects yeah, it's just yeah i don't know how to explain it but they just kind of chopped it with processing you know what sound i like is this sound that little tennis ball sound it's like industrial sound yeah that real echoey sound it sounds like guys working or something yeah sounds like a factory i wrote that i love the tones on this song and the tom play mm-hmm. the drummer The whole time, he's doing that the whole time, he's grooving. It's not like a one, two, three, four, one, two, no. three, four song. Definitely a different style. Moody. This song is definitely moody. And it's a nice change from the first two that are like, 
you know, rock and roll songs. This is just like a, a grungier song. A lounge song almost. Lounge fire almost. But like a lounge set up in an old broken down warehouse yeah. that's not used anymore. Yeah. Where there are literal flies. They're not just guys yeah. drinking who are lounge flies, <laughs> but there are actual flies on the guys. I, I, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I can sing these songs easy because Scott Weiland stays in a register that I'm easy with. There's only like one or two times that he gets out of my range. Oh, but yeah. it's uh, fun to sing with him because it's easy for me. I, I I understand that his voice wasn't perfect and there are things about it that I didn't like sometimes where he got too whiny or he did too much of the like, oh, 90s voice. Um, that was a really bad. Oh, 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 that was not. That's not how it is, is at all. But like, oh, oh, just Eddie Vedder. Basically. Oh, you're talking Everything about the, that Eddie Vedder talking about the mumble mouth. The yeah. And Scott would do that sometimes, but I still really like yeah, his voice. But I didn't think of him as one of those guys. Now, one the only th- people I think of those guys is like Eddie Vedder and uh, <clears throat> what's his fucking nuts. Uh, Creed. Oh, yeah, that asshole. Scott Stapp? Scott Stapp. Yeah. He- so if you turn oh, it up, sure will. I um, read right before this, I did not realize that this is not a member of the band playing this. This is actually a Butthole Surfers member who is doing this in guitar solo. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not realize that. Since you're bringing up guitar solos... I noticed that this band does do guitar solos, but they're very short, mm-hmm. and they're just like, it's almost just texture. It's not, here's a guitar solo, it's, listen to this guy, it's watch how like good he is. Yeah. It's just a little spice, and then they get back out of it. And I never noticed that they had that at all. at all. Yeah. It's just, this is what it needs to be. It doesn't just go off on its own little tangent too much. But yeah, this is a guy from the Butthole Surfers. One of the best band names ever. Yeah. <laughs> I've never listened to the Butthole Surfers besides like what was released. Pepper. Pepper was their big song. Well, yeah, I know that, but I mean, I've never dived into the Butthole Surfers. Went over the mountain to see what he could oh, see. Yeah. That's Green Jello. No, they did a version of that too. What? Yes. I am almost positive. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Butthole Surfers did a version of that. Are you like looking it up right now? Yeah, I guess I'll look it up. I was going to say, it's definitely green jello. See, I... Ah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'm probably just remembering that wrong. Let's move Oh, That's kind of what we're good at, is not always remembering things right. Especially mm-hmm. since your memories are probably about 50% lies anyway. It's just something that you <laughs> constructed. Um, so and I can't remember anything anyway. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm the same. So we're going to move ahead to the big hit from this album. It was actually the third album track released after the album had already been released. Interstate Love Song. Is this the one with the guy with the big nose in the video? Okay. I don't remember. I didn't watch the videos before this. One thing I remember about Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, I know that this video was like weird and colorized. 
And I feel like they were on an old farm or something, so it's possible. But I didn't. I didn't prep with videos. So, I'm not gonna have video answers for you. <laughs> Sorry. Very catchy tune. Very radio friendly. What's that face? He just drives us. He's the guy that I listen to the most the whole time. It's so hard for me to hear bass sounds. I mean, you've isolated things for me so I can hear it, but together as one, everything else just covers it. It's like all I can hear is the bass. Maybe if you had my headphones, you'd hear it better. I have really bad headphones. I've got to replace them. This is the third episode in. No excuse. I read the, uh, what the lyrics were about on this song, and it made me sad. It's about him always lying to his wife. Yeah, a lot of this are about Not on him. heroin and stuff. Yeah. Well, a lot of times he's yeah. just being untruthful, and he's calling himself out. Yeah. And you're supposed to be, like, trustworthy. I mean, that's the whole thing. You're married, but you're... I'm on the road, and we still have a trust that's supposed to be not broken, but... Yeah. All I'm doing the whole time is telling you I'm not fucked up. You think he was unfaithful too, or you think he was just getting all drugged up? I assume that he was a little bit unfaithful. But I think his problems were way more with drugs, because I think, as you can tell when you do read the lyrics, he is a lover, and, or was. He was an emotional person. He, he felt the things that he was doing, whether they were good or bad. Yeah. And he understood the effect that he was yeah, having. Yeah, he definitely knew what was going on. He knew he was a selfish man, and he would call himself out for it, but clearly he couldn't control it because now he's dead. When a person writes a song like this, and it's obviously, you know, the spouse or whoever knows it's about that, mm -hmm. do you think that the person who wrote it is almost doing it as like a, please like forgive me, I wrote a song for you? Yes and no. I think that that's what's going on in his life, and it's so intense. But then he still has to like get these things out. He has yeah. to have this outlet. He has this outlet, so yeah. that's where it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure some of it was a little kiss-assy. It seems like it would have to be. Yeah, I wrote all these songs for you, even yeah. though it's like, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. I know I'm fucked up, but please forgive me. I think I that... wrote this song for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That probably made things better for him in his relationships and probably prolonged the pain that he caused the women that he was with. You, I, I almost think that he thought that in his head, but I wonder if, like, his... Because this was his first wife. I, do you think she was like, you motherfucker. You think this is good enough? Oh, I'm so glad it's a hit. Now you're going to get to go out on the road and do even more heroin. <laughs> well, I mean, it ended, so. Yeah. I couldn't handle that kind of shit. No. I was strung out on heroin all the time. I showed you that picture before we did it, and he looked mm -hmm. like a healthy big dude. And, and then. Yeah. With like a normal body. And he looked a good. typical frame, not uh, just some like super really skinny, emaciated looking creature. And then he just, yeah. That he turned into. That's so crazy that drugs do that. Hard drugs do that to you. And an obsession with David Bowie. He definitely oh, did he love the David? He loved David Bowie. He really? started doing... You can see that. 
Yeah. Now that you say it. He started becoming a little more androgynous yeah. as time went on. That's the third episode in a row androgyny's brought up. That's how it goes, I guess. That's part of life these days, I Sam. I think you that's part of rock and roll. I think it's part of rock and roll in general. I think it helps because if you're androgynous, it makes you more available to interpretation by all kinds of people. Yeah, you're right. So a lot of pe- yeah, a lot more people a wall up. can say, yeah, me too. And not in a bad way, like how yeah, we've done that. That's a really good way of looking at it. But just, huh. it's kind of a connection. Yeah, because if you're doing like a certain style of music all the time that's based on one thing and it's really male or it's really female, either way. It's going to turn off. It takes like half the audience away immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point. But I don't think that it's necessarily intentional because I think that people <coughs> kind of like that things are more broad and open to interpretation. I mean, because some people like, like, if you're watching a movie or a TV show, you want things to be more matter of fact. But when it's something like music, it's all just how you take it. There oh, doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. a story. There doesn't have to be a truth to it. Yeah, it's true. For you yeah, to that's cool. apply it to your life and whatnot. Yeah, and it's right. also just the idea that someone is free. And that's really super cool. That's why we like celebrities and or, or what we like about some celebrities is how carefree and cool and confident that they are in who they are even if that hasn't been necessarily yeah. nailed down to one specific thing yeah, yeah. So. i wish i could live like that mm-hmm. just be free and open I wish I could and just me too don't we all live in the breeze but yeah interstate love song i think it's a uh, pop gold yeah. i think it's definitely it deserves to be on uh best of 90s compilation cds <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> that sounds shitty, but I think it's a big enough song. I think it yeah. was popular enough. I think it's a good song. Mm-hmm. All right. So in the first four tracks, right, they released two of those as singles. Correct. Those are Whoppers. And those were the second and third releases. There were only three singles released from the album. Hmm. Cool. So we're going to roll into Still Remains. Let me make sure you got volume. Yeah, you're good. This is the song that well, earlier when I said it sounds like they didn't really care about it too much. Yeah. This is the one. I think it's a well-written song, though. I think that sometimes Scott Weiland's, because I listen to more of the vocal Probably, end, yeah. I think his vocals can be kind of lazy, even though I think that he hits a lot of notes. I think there are times where he's just kind of like, eh. Did he like Jim Morrison, too? I assume so. He did so. do that Doors thing. I remember watching him do that Doors tribute. Oh, when he where did. Where he played with the rest of the guys. Well, it was a uh, break on through, wasn't it? I don't remember what he sung, but I remember he was my favorite of the whole night because everybody he else kind great. of fucked it up. Scott Stapp especially, I remember fucked it up. But then Scott Weiland sounded Scott the most Weiland's like him. Not even just like him, which he did. And he had his demeanor. But and he, he just, like, just cool and it's almost like he wasn't there to show off. He was actually there to tribute. Yeah, it wasn't like, here's Scott Stapp in the doors. It was, here's the doors with a guy with Scott that just Weiland. wants to like yeah. sing it well for the doors. Well, I think not how you just himself. said that. Scott Weiland and the doors. I mean, I'm sorry. Scott Stapp in the doors yeah. versus the, the doors, doors with Scott, Scott Weiland. Weiland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think that that's definitely the feeling that I got as well. Um, this line in this song is fucking gross. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking of about. Of course I do. About drinking bath water? Yeah, there have been other songs <laughs> about drinking people's bath water. There have been mentions. Uh, no Doubt had a song called Bath Water. Really? But I'd love to wash in your old bath water. But drink it? But drink it. So I've accidentally ingested bath water. I don't understand what the fuss is all about. It's pretty gross. Especially, I think the worst time was when I, my siblings and I were staying with some cousins, my aunt and uncles, and they were very poor. And we would have to take a bath six kids using no actually at the time it would have been five kids five kids at the time using the same bath water and it went her two kids my aunt's two kids and then my sister myself and then my brother because he was the youngest I've accidentally gulped that bath water oh, as God. a kid Ugh. yeah it should disgust you it, it, it does the line itself grossed me out it's nasty so, I mean, but I, I think it would be better from his perspective to drink the bathwater of a hot chick. Of just one? Versus, yeah, I guess. versus like fat poor cousins. No, I wasn't even. Here's the thing I don't even think I thought about. <laughs> Sorry, that was so mean. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm such a bad person. Uh, um. all, all the distaste I get from people is well deserved. <laughs> so, why you gotta be such a bitch all the time? Um, no, thank you. I can't say who you're being, but that is a, an actual moment that happened to me that has haunted me to this day. It happened in seventh grade. Michelle, why you got to be a bitch all the time? Um, it still remains. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even... When I thought it was the, the bathwater line, I wasn't even thinking... Necess- I did think about this, but I didn't even first think about the runoff of the person. I was thinking... Isn't there going to be, like, soap in there and stuff? <laughs> Not like ass. And bath grime? Ass grime. Yeah. Ass grime. He's the sheriff on The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> ass grimes? Ass grimes. Coral? <laughs> um, so I do still like the song. I mean, I don't necessarily... I don't love it, but I do like the song. It's not um, a bad song. They know how to write a song at this point. They seems d- like STP at this point. I can't really speak to this because I don't know much else about it. But it seems like they were on top of their game at this point. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing. They knew how to write a song. They knew how to work with each other. Mm-hmm. That's just what I feel. I mean, I don't know any actual back history of it all, but it just feels when you... It's solid. It's just solid. There's like there's certain albums chilly. by every band that I love, and I think that everybody loves. It's just there's one or two albums where you can just tell mm-hmm. they were linked. There was a cosmic connection at that point where it was just you were meant to be in that room you were meant to be together at this Stude point. Stude chili. Yeah I don't even believe in shit like that fate and stuff but mm-hmm. I do believe in like you feed off of each other's energy and it's, for some reason you at that point you're together. like a jigsaw and it just mm-hmm. pieces together and you just magically get this thing. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful cool. thing. It's pretty cool. For sure. Yeah. And as a musician when you meet a guy like that and you just click mm-hmm. like when Hiltz and I played Mm-hmm. For like the first time, and it w- we didn't even have to like get used to each other. It was just, boom, we're there. Well, I, it's a really good feeling. That's how I felt about NSG. I felt really lucky to be with three actual yeah. musicians oh, yeah. who were skilled, who could figure things out. I mean, you and Kent Hiltz for sure. I'm sure and he'll Adam, be okay I. that I said his name. Well, but I'm saying guitar wise, yeah. you and Kent really 
could just look at each other. We didn't even have to talk. And just vibe. Yeah, like we didn't you have just to talk. connected we just musically. It. It was so really I can cool. tell that that's probably exactly the same feeling that they were having, all of them on this one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes bands get into that mode where they're like, well, the vocalist recorded the vocals in three states over. He was in Texas, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, but I almost guarantee they were all in the studio. They were all there. They all had a hand in this. It just feels. That's the feeling, yeah. Fucking sure. solid. Well, because they had already I've had. I've enjoyed this album so far. Good. They've they already had hits on their first album. It was like Plush and Creep. What's Plush? I cannot go with the titles. Uh when the dogs Oh yeah, that's a good song. Got time, time to report tomorrow. Brown it. Brown here. So, I don't know the actual words so to make it I tough. love STP. Until I think I've liked them up until their last album. But I dropped off before Chester Bennington and all that stuff. There's no album with him, right? He just did live. No, but I'm saying the time frame Oh. that I kind of gave up on the future of Stone Temple Pilots and just kind of hung out in the past. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that happens with different artists. Uh, so we're going to move on to Pretty Penny. This Pretty song Penny. makes me think of my sister because my sister really likes this song. Conga sounds again. I think the or bongos or whatever they are. Percussion, the acoustic percussion sounds are great. I think it's nice that they kind of threw in a half acoustic song in the middle of the album. Yeah, you're right. It's placed pretty well, perfect too. It's kind of a psychedelic song. This is probably why it was categorized also as psychedelic rock. Oh, was it? When I was, I looked it up on Wikipedia, which kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies a little bit because I tried to not use Wikipedia too much. It's, yes. Uh, our artists will tell you that most of, at least half of what is on there is incorrect information. So I've tried to stay away from Wikipedia. I used to feel differently, but yeah, I'm not really into it. I agree. Um, but yeah, they uh, they threw in psychedelic rock as one of the genre categories. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for this song. I think it's because my sister loves it. I've always really liked it. I like that it's a different sound than any other song on the album. And I think they're really good with their Dan Harmonies. God. <laughs> that took me a fucking second to realize. <laughs> As we just stared at each other, and I waited for him to notice my bad jokes. <laughs> I never said I was good at this. Well, actually, I, I've implied that I have fun doing it, and then that makes me think that I'm good at it, but... I do. I think that they have good harmonies. It's the whole melding that they do. I oh, think everything just, just works. There's this cool guitar trill coming up here. Maybe I missed it already. Still a good sound. It just sounds good. There it was. Did you hear that? That extra spice. Extra sweetness. I think Scott Wan had a talent of knowing where his vocal range was at this point and making the most of it. Because he's not, his range isn't everywhere. He's pretty in the middle the whole time. 
but he just knows how to route it to make it interesting. Yeah, I think he he could have been so much more, but he just kind of let things go to shit. Which he thought he was still doing things and other people still liked him, but he was definitely doing damage to his boys. Oh, he yeah? used to have a much more solid... I mean, here compared to later on, he had a much more solid, clear voice. Well, Coke and Heron will do that to you. Harold? Harold! Harold will just take Harold? your breath away and, and scrape your throat out in the process. Hey, man, can I buy some Harold off you? Like that sweet, sweet Harold. So, yeah, I'm digging Pretty Penny. All right, so that was Pretty Penny. I liked it. I'm a fan. I like the uh I like the way they took this album so far where they're it's like a journey, it's not just mm-hmm. one same sound over and over again. Yeah, yeah. One same sound or even type of song. Uh-huh. Like at this point you could couldn't even categorize them as a band. I mean you could because Meat Plow and Vaseline obviously are more towards the heavier side, but like Loungefly and Pretty Penny that we just listened to. Real uh, different. I mm-hmm. wouldn't even have called him grunge. No, but that's probably where the alternative rock title, uh, genre yes. title comes in. Did you fart? No, but I smell it too. Oh, man. That's intense. I bet a cat shit. I bet a cat shit. Woo, yeah, we have a divider between us and the part of the room. We're in a large room where there are uh, two, two litter boxes boxes. on the other end. This is ripe. (laughs) This might be a good time to take a break. This might be our uh, earliest break in the show because (laughs) this is overwhelming. This is like a baby who just had (laughs) diarrhea and it's like going up the back. We're going to have to take a break. We have to hair out. We'll be right back with a couple of critics shitbox podcasts. This episode of Couple of Critics Podcast is brought to you by Francine's Exotic Pet Store. If you aim to please your gizzard, stop in and buy a lizard. We have fish that have a small fin, all the way up to a dolphin. Looking to buy a snake? Stop on in and ask for Jake. Francine's Exotic Pet Store, across from Abraham Lincoln's Crack Emporium on Interstate 75. This episode is also brought to you by... Hello! It's me, Abraham Goddamn Lincoln. And four score and seven years ago, I was down on my luck as a deceased president. But then I tried that life-giving rock that we call crack. And ever since then, I've been buying and selling and trading crack to every friendly face I come across. And I'm loving every second. So come on down to Abraham Lincoln's Crack Emporium on Interstate 75. We have the best deals on crack, cause paying full price is whack. This episode is also brought to you by...
sausage in a pan, hash browns, strawberries, French toast, wild cherries, grits of gravy, chubby lady, extra bacon for your baby. Oatmeal, what's the deal? Are you eating that for real? We got donuts, we got grapes, buttered toast with your steaks. Want some syrup? Need more coffee, bagels, yogurt, juice, and hot tea. Come on down to Patsy's Moose Burgers and Lobster, located off Interstate 75. We do not serve breakfast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the yeah, so right. update on why we left. We thought that maybe a cat shit, so we told you all that information about the litter boxes. The dog wasn't even in the room. Miss Clarence was in the hall. She just farted while she was sleeping, and it cleared us out. So it had nothing to do with the cats? No, they were just sleeping beauties up on a cat tower. <laughs> just being sweet, precious little cats that they are. While our dog farted something awful. And cleared us out of a room that she wasn't even in. So <laughs> she is sometimes great and sometimes terrible. <laughs> All right. Cool. So we're going to pick it back up and jump back into Stone Temple Pilots Purple. We are going to play Silver Gun, Superman, Silver Gun, Superman. It sounds just like my song. Here we go. Mm. Clarence just tried to come back in and I made her leave. No. This sounds uh, back to the grunge sound. It's got that Allison Chains tone to it. They have a really good distortion tone. Yeah, I enjoyed the flow of the music and the lyrics, and they actually slow it down a little bit for the chorus in this one, which is interesting. Yeah. Kind of Another heroin song. A backwards thing. That's Scott's life. I wrote down, Scott loved heroin. Scott hated heroin. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> yeah. tragically true. Uh-huh. And I actually really like Scott's clean, clear voice in the beginning of the lyric, of the verses. I don't think he has so much distortion. His voice is just clean and simple. And then he had definitely, definitely different sides of his voice and ways that he used it. He wasn't just a one-trick pony. Adds more of that vocal fry on that, that tone. And after listening to some songs by Aerosmith yesterday, namely Back in the Saddle. Oh, man. I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. I'm back. Wrong song. Is it weird to sing a different song over top of... No. The song was playing. No, Weird Al does it all the time. 
they do really cool panning stuff here. that line right there. I read the lyrics and it said, take my life three times. But when I was listening to it in these headphones. Take my wife? Yeah, he definitely says, take my wife. Mm-hmm. He does. And that's like, a, I mean, that's no symbolism left there. That's literally him saying, like, this is taking my fucking life. This is taking my fucking wife. Yeah. You can tell he loved her. It sucks to write this many shit, that much shit about her. Yeah. Yeah. And the other things still win. Yeah, right. Well, Scott loved heroin. Scott hated heroin. Scott loved love, but Scott loved heroin more. Yeah, I enjoy the song. I don't think it's one of the stronger songs, but I do enjoy it. No. It tells a story. More of the laid-back ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a grunge sound, but it's like a laid-back grunge sound. Yeah. I'm a fan. Everything okay over there, Captain? Everything okay. Captain you, Record Pants? Did you see me have a little look and then hit I a button? Did. Is that what you're asking? I didn't know you hit a button. Was something not happening correctly? <clears throat> no, it was almost going to start playing part of our last podcast that I uh, didn't delete, so all of a sudden you would have heard you or me talking over us talking which one would it have been tlc no, or the would have been the misfits huh <laughs> that would have been a little more fitting it would have been a little funnier i think if uh tlc well, i didn't even think about music coming in all of a sudden I was just just conversation. <laughs> that'd have been way better all of a sudden tlc comes in i like, saw the fight red light spe- oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking red light special comes in <laughs> i was never so obsessed with the phrase like case of the fake people until I listened to it for the podcast. <laughs> so if you want to know what I'm talking about and don't know, go back to episode one. Episode one. All right, moving right along to the next song, Big Empty. This was actually the first single released before the album, Big Empty. I love Scott's soft voice in this before the 90s grunge glory kicks in. What were you going to say, Sneezy? Oh, I took it away from you. I stole your sneeze. Uh, good, because I have ridiculous sneezes. It would have been really loud. Um, I was going to say I love the uh, guitar tones at the beginning of it with that slide tone. And they just put that like old timey sound to it. Mm-hmm. This whole album is just good. I wasn't gonna say good, but I'll agree. It's a little spoiler. But uh, they take—I don't want to say chances, but yeah, they do take chances. But they—it's not the same song over and over again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I can even accuse other bands that I love of. Well, this is your style of song. Okay, here's this the album. typical. Or like this is this album song. style. Yeah, this is like it's just different the whole time. Different sounds. Like this part. Just like an old bluesy. Like I feel like I'm on a railroad track. 
I feel like their songs are emotional. And if you let them, it sounds so cheesy, but if you let them, it can take you places emotionally. I mean, when I was growing up, I listened to Stuntable Pilots a lot. And different artists who I think wrote very well and had very layered lyrics. And this musical sounds that could take me different places and put me in different moods. Is this one of those albums that you listen to and it puts you in a place, like a room, but you heard it the most? Backroading, driving in my car, driving an old Ronda. This is where it puts you? Ronda. Now, now I want to retroactively ask you that on TLC. Where did that put you? That put me in an apartment duplex upstairs on Catherine Street next to an officer who has been working in this town for a long time. My sister and I, one time, were throwing a softball back and forth, and she busted this cop's truck <laughs> windshield. My dad had to pay for it, so good stories. But yeah, so that took me back to listening in front of a an old stereo system that was just like a radio and cassette set up. And this takes me... This is, in, is this Rhonda? This is Rhonda. This is putting one of those tape deck to walk, like CD Walkman yeah. connectors is what I was listening to this album. And often criticized because my tastes were uh, behind current things. So there were many times where I would be driving around with friends. And uh, not many, but I can think of a few times where I was criticized. Why don't you just play something new? Why do you really? always listen to older stuff? Really? Uh-huh. I thought they would be into this kind of stuff. Why don't you play stuff that I know? Play a song that I know. <sighs> Which, I mean, I think that this is really poppy. Like yeah, I said, yeah. I think that they really straddled the line with pop, but I wasn't listening to... That's why I'm confused Always almost. just straight radio hits. Yeah. Because I, I listened to a lot of stuff that was on the radio, and I was influenced by a lot of stuff that was on the radio. But I myself, as I got older, branched out a little bit and started listening to... I mean, I listened to full albums growing up, but when I was a kid, because I didn't have access to just mixes and things all of the time, except for what I had recorded from listening to the radio, which would have like broadcasters' voices coming in and out of the oh, beginning yeah. and of songs. But uh, I would just put this on and play it, even though, again, I was also known for making mixed CDs, but this is one that I could easily listen to all the way through and enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but I think that they have really pleasant harmonies. I like the instrumental breaks, the spaces in between the verse lines. Uh, I think it's a great pop song. Yeah, it's a good one. I remember when this song came out. Really? I well, don't. I remember when all these songs came out. They were big hits. And Bob was kind of into this world. A little bit of the alternative. So, like, I would almost see Scott Wilde with orange hair, mm -hmm. and then I would see Bob with the orange hair, because he was at that time, you know, using like Kool Aid and yeah. Oh, that's right, you did and, tell like, me that. food dye <laughs> to make his hair all these wacky ass colors, and of course, I liked Bob's punk style at that point. So, I think I equated, I think I equated Stone Temple Pilots that time more as like a, I don't want to say it punk band at all but like a, a crazier band because i would see scott wyland with the orange hair mm -hmm. it'd be like oh man they're yeah. they're out there but then like but they're not once you got older but yeah and then i kind of for, didn't really forget about them but then all of a sudden you're right i dance around and act like 
She was a clever girl. Today, she was a clever girl. <laughs> Did I fuck that up? Am I mixing Jurassic Park and... Uh, what? Jurassic Park? Yeah, clever girl. When the raptor comes out from the side. That's a weird thing to mix together. Yeah, but it's Those not. Two she was a happy girl, right? She was a sour girl. Sour girl. She okay. was also happy. She was a clever girl. The day that she <laughs> left me. <laughs> oh. I got to make that now. But yeah, I, I like Big Empty, so we're going to move along to the next song. Oh, I oh. also wrote that I feel terrible for his wife. You've said point. that many times. I know, but like <laughs> this song was really, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like by this point, I wonder when she left him. Never Need to know. look that up later. All right, you want to move on? Yeah, I would like to move on to the song called Unglued. Unglued. Are you ready over there? It's a carpenter's worst nightmare. I'm not the only one making bad jokes. <laughs> According to you, I make bad jokes. Yeah, me too. Masturbation. This was my favorite song for many years. Very jamming tune. You think it's more heroin talk? Well, and I actually put, is it actually about masturbation? I think it is, and it isn't. I don't think it is at all. I think it. I think it has to do with being selfish and letting something take over you. So I think that because I think that he had struggles with more than just drugs. Yeah. I took the I think moderation. He just struggle, struggles with himself. Yeah, I agree with you on the whole. It is about the excess of things and succumbing to all that. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason he brought up masturbation is it kind of you just hear that word and you automatically think it's about that. Yeah. I think moderation is masturbation is saying that like if I hold myself back, that's almost just like jerking off. Why do that when I can go fuck? Why can when I can take so it all the way? The relative to fucking is when I can just do the drugs that I want to do. So do you think that it was just written to sound like masturbation? Because the entire chorus is, I've got this feeling coming over me, over me. Like, do you think it was written to sound like one thing, but have all these hidden meanings so people would be like, yeah, masturbation? Um, he probably had a tinge to that, but I don't even hear the chorus as that. Uh, this thing that's coming over me, I think that's that's that fucking feeling again. Oh, I want the excess of the drugs. I don't, it just doesn't sound like a sex song to me. There's not enough references. I don't think it's specifically sex. I just wonder if it's... Excess in general? I think it's excess, but I think it's painted as masturbation, but hmm. I think that there's probably a sexual side to it as well, which is yeah. why I think that does he literally mean masturbation? Maybe a little bit of some sort? Hateful masturbation? Yeah. I remember... I thought of it. Is there punishable masturbation? Punishable? I don't even know what that means. Like you punish yourself through a form of masturbating? Oh, wait. Okay, never mind. I did see the human centipede, too. So there is a way to masturbate. Sandpaper? And it be very painful, it seems. Yeah, but is it still a punishment punishable. at that time? Well, I've been reading a lot of Hellraiser and stuff. And at that point, what's the difference between pain and pleasure? You get to such a point that it's there's I no difference. disagree. Because when something I is have painful, such to show you. I can't take it. I can't take pain. I don't like pain either. But there's a sect of people who 
Oh, there's either a fine line or stuff. no real line. Yeah, I'm I don't know if this it. actually happens, but in this book I'm reading right now, there was like a sex club of like crazy, crazy stuff. And one of the guys liked to be sat down and have his nutsack stretched out and put nails into it. Not like through his balls, but just through his sack to a piece of wood. It's really weird. It's a really weird book. I don't know that it would uh, be much of a difference. I would think that through the skin, period, it would hurt. It would hurt, but imagine through a testicle. I can't really imagine that because I don't have them. You're done. (sighs) Through a testy, you'd be done. But, I mean, my... Even Albert Fish couldn't take that. Well, the only thing that I have that's comparable to that are breasts, and I don't have, like, a bunch of excess skin with, like, other things (laughs) inside of them. No. For me, it's all just, like, fat and skin as one. (laughs) Imagine an earlobe. That's probably what the nutsack's like. Well, those can apparently handle being pierced, though, yeah. right? Yeah, I bet a nutsack can, too. I think they actually can be. Anyway. You say. This got fucking unhit. That got unglued. All right, so <laughs> we're going to move on to a song called Army Ants. Army Ants. Army Ants. It's a song about bugs. I think that the placement of the song in the album is good because I think this sounds like something that would be ending an album or thrown near an end of a movie or something, at least later in the song. There's a guitar solo, which really sounds to me like just the ending. There's something about this song that has an ending feeling to me. This song is 90s to the max. The rhythms, everything about it is 90s. It's got a James Addiction sound to it. Oh, yeah. It's got an Alice in Chains sound to it. It's It's got attitude. It's just 90s, and I love it. (laughs) I did. I wrote, look, I wrote 90s with two exclamation points. (laughs) And then wrote, love the drums, because it's good. And I think that how I've said where they straddle the line between pop and rock, I think that happens at different parts in this song, even. Like, right now it's poppier, and then it's going to come in with more of that grunge rock. Yeah. And the yelling. picked it up, too. Listen to those toms from the drummer. And then he just kicks it straight to that hi-hat to drive the second part of the verse. Into the chorus. His voice sounds different on this too. It's starting to get that whiner, that whinier. It's starting to tone. sound thinner. He definitely had like a thinner, whinier tone that started happening. Where it sounded like he wasn't working as hard versus the clear crisp. I like the lyrics of the song. Stuff. Yeah. It almost has an incubus sound to it too. Like, I can hear Incubus covering this and doing a really good job. I always really liked the song, but then I looked at the lyrics, and I didn't really ever know what he was saying at a part in the chorus, or, yeah, in the chorus. Um, And he's saying, you can't deal with the way I pray. And that has, like, stuck with me and made me feel weird, because I don't understand. I think that's referencing to his lifestyle. Like, you have religion, I have... 
That makes sense. It just confused me. And he doesn't seem like a praying type, just flat out. Like, that doesn't seem like a black and white lyric. It yeah. seems very loaded, and I just don't get it. I wonder if he was spiritual, but not necessarily Christian, but just still spiritual. I wouldn't be surprised. He seemed like he was at least some sort of psychedelically spiritual something. Yeah. He did like shawls later. Spiritual people like shawls. Shawls though. or scarves? Scarves, shawls. Scarves. discorded with that really almost evil chord at the end they could have added on another chord and like happier toned mm -hmm. but they decided to just go down and be like oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it when bands do that it's a good way to get out of a song too when you're kind of like struggling to figure out how to end a song and you just go you know what just throw this weird ass chord <laughs> at the end and just finish it out just like unplug it, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. And then we are moving along to the number 11 track on the album. The 11th track, Kitchenware and Candy Bar. Which is a very funny title to me. Mm -hmm. He doesn't talk about spatulas or a Twix bar once. I remember taking spatula to school for a show and tell and I had to remember what it was called and it was so hard for me to remember <laughs> because I wasn't cooking when I was in kindergarten so I was I could not remember what a spatula was <laughs> were you up in front of everybody just going here's a I think the teacher kind of whispered uh, it at me flat handled pancake flipping <laughs> spatula Michelle Sounds like Maynard. It's so melancholy. Hear the Maynard? I think he says river a little weird, but I think that's the Maynard. What? The, the way he says river, I think it's kind of weird how he says it, but I think that that's the Maynard sound that you're hearing. Oh, it's just got a tool feeling. I read in from multiple different sources, so I'm assuming that it's correct. People said that it was said um, at concerts sometimes that Scott would say that this song was written about an abortion that he and his lady had. And they had the struggle that they had with it, and then they decided to go along with it. Which I think it kind of makes it make more sense when I listen to it from that perspective. I personally really like this song. I'm a big fan of the melancholy alternative sound of the 90s. We got a lot of production on this, but there's strings in it. I like this song too, but for some reason I don't, I don't like it in this part of the album. You don't like it at the end? No. 
I don't know where else it would go. I know. I, I feel like I almost needed another song just to end it. I feel like, I don't know. I would have rather it end on a higher note. That makes sense. It's a very big song, though, so that's why they chose it to end. It's a very, very big The production song. sound, yeah, like you said, the strings. very big. But it's also very, especially the way that it comes in, it comes in very quietly. We spoke over it, so it was hard for you to really hear it, but it wasn't loud enough to bounce through. moody yeah it sounds like a, I bet Scott took a lot of time to make sure this sounded real smooth because it's got a lot of backup vocals that you can tell he did and they're very smooth with each other like they end and start with each other it's those harmonies I think that that's one thing that this band was very good at yeah because I think it was the guitar player, DeLeo brother, who would often do the balding guy, who would do the background vocals. The bass player? Is that him? I think maybe I'm getting him mixed up. The taller, shorter-haired one's the bass player. Okay, then I was incorrect. The smaller one that has like longer, curly hair plays guitar. Well, before you, I never even looked at the instruments. I just saw guitar and didn't really decipher it too much, so I guess I still probably do that unless I'm trying to figure that information out. All, by the way, Oliver did just take a shit, oh, and I God. don't smell anything. I just saw him slink out. Well, we do have the Oliver blanket up. Hopefully fashion. it works. So, yeah. I enjoy that song. Really melancholy. And, uh... So. I liked it, too. I just kind of... I don't know. We needed another one. I think it's the orchestral end, which is supposed to make that feel bigger. Even because it starts so small and then comes in so heavy. Yeah, it's a really big song. It kind of wouldn't have been able to be in the middle or anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of messed it up. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. And here we have the hidden track. Called My Second Album. Nice little hidden track when albums still did that. The second album Twelve precious melodies worth So I thought my entire life that I've heard this that this was Stone Temple Pilots. I found out that this is not Stone Temple Pilots. This mm-hmm. is Richard Peterson. <laughs> yeah. This is this song was actually released in nineteen eighty five. This was a joke to just slap this on the end. And there was Stone Temple Pilots slapped it on at the end? Yes. Or Richard Peterson? As a joke. Richard yeah. Peterson did not. <laughs> did you read up any more about their history with Richard Peterson? No. They <laughs> found him. They were playing some club as I read it, and they saw a picture of somebody hanging out with uh, Johnny Mathis. Yeah, he loved Johnny Mathis. I did read that. Who did? Richard, Richard Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, he's hanging out with... Well, he mentions Johnny Mathis mm-hmm. in this song. He, for Mathis lovers. <laughs> this song is his style. Yeah. Um, this album is his style. Well, I read that Stone Temple Pilots saw his picture and said, who's that guy with Johnny Mathis? And he said, it's Richard Peterson. It's this guy. He's really, he's got, he makes his own albums. 
and they looked up Richard Peterson and they thought he was amazing. <laughs> so like for a period there, before their shows, when like you know the band right before them played their support act and it's kind of transition time before Stone Temple Pilots played, yeah, they would just play Richard Peterson songs. <laughs> so you'd be standing around just waiting for Stone Temple Pilots here in this. Johnny Mathis, loving guy, sing. Well, and one thing I do want to say about this is that I did pull up the only I couldn't find this. I usually use Google Play. That's the service that I pay for uh, that provides me with my music that I listen to every day. Um, I couldn't find anything for Mr. Uh, Dick Dickerson, Mr. Richard Peterson. Um, but I did pull up this album, which had it, and as you can hear, well, if Sam allows you to hear it. So this is the start to the album. I'm hoping that I'm, yeah, near the end. And then the next track that starts sounds nothing like this. I was shocked. But this is still Richard Peterson? This is the beginning of Richard Peterson's second album. And then here's track two. This is Later. on a record recorded on YouTube. What? Very different. What? Completely different. That's crazy. It does not sound like the same person, but that is the next track on that record. Wow. And you can hear that if you listen closely, which I don't know if you can, this is playing. This was recorded from a record, so you can hear the scratches oh, on yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I can hear So Richard Peterson just did whatever he wanted. Yeah. I guess he was another one of those all-over-the-place sort of artists. Do you think he did that song for, like, every album? And it was like, it's my third album. God, I hope so. <laughs> He definitely My did. My 17th album. I doubt he got that far. Um, well, I'm still not dead, it's true. Well, I read that the the Japanese... Japanese? Japanese Jap- release. Japanese release. The Japanese release of Purple by Stone Temple Pilots um, did not have that track as the hidden track. They actually had Andy Warhol, the live performance uh. from the MTV Unplugged. Which I I love David Bowie. It's a David Bowie cover, um, but I actually think that I like this cover a little more because Scott's voice is so clear and good. I like it when you play it for me. Well, I don't play it for you, but I play well, it around I mean, you. When I'm around, you play it. So they didn't have second album. They had this instead. I think it's because they had Pretty Penny. I thought Pretty Penny kind of had this sound to it. I don't know if it was that thought out. Maybe it was just a licensing thing. I have no idea. But they did it. Oh, because it was part of VH1's Unplug? I don't know. That sounds good. They're all just good players. They're solid. So that bongo action go, or the congas. Yeah, I'm a fan. So yeah, that's how it would have actually if you lived in Japan and purchased this album or the J- Japanese release. The Japanese release. Well, when you got to deal with Godzilla all the time. <sighs> you speak incorrectly like I do. Yes. 
everything just flows together wrong. So yeah, that wraps up the end of the album, whether you're in Japan or in the U.S. Um, I so we move on. Think that we need to start talking about to the questionnaires now. So, Sam, lay it on me. When I provided you with this piece of information that you would be reviewing Purple by Stone Temple Pilots, what was your initial reaction? Even though we technically have that on the end of the last episode, um, you were a little animated about it, but continue with I your I thought it was going to be easy. Easy peasy, and yeah. it was easy peasy. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. I thought that it would be easier for you. I honestly... I felt nothing. Or, I mean, I was just like, ah, okay, cool. I I always worry a little bit because, I mean, I know that you are more open, at least, than you used to be when we first got together about different kinds of music, like whether rock was heavy enough. Yeah. Um, excuse me. So I... There's always a little bit of fear exposing you to something that's softer, even though there are things that are very similar to other, as we discussed Alice in Chains for example you love Alice in Chains so I don't know I still thought that there might be a little bit of resistance so I was a little worried but uh, I mean you seem to have a reasonably positive reaction to it so I mean I knew it was going to have enough rock elements that it's going to be easy Mm -hmm. and I knew you know some of the songs I already knew uh, three of them no well I mean when I had actually listened to it I had known probably about five or six of them yeah. So, it was easy for me. That was my initial reaction. I just, cool. All right. Easy. How many times do you think you listened to uh, it? Probably eight. I would put myself right around the same number. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to it real heavy at the beginning of the week, and then I got sucked into other things. Mm-hmm. And then I picked it back up and listened to it this morning I before we started again. Heavier on it within the, s- the second half of the week, I think. Um, but I've listened to it I played so it, many times. I played it life. on the speakers at work, mm-hmm. which, as you know, I did not play TLC <laughs> on the speakers at work. What a and shame. Mel asked me, hey, what's that? And I said, Stone Temple Pilots. He's like, cool. So, Was he aware I of who they were? Mel too. Uh, yeah, I think he'd heard of them before, and he'd heard a couple of the songs. He just recently got into Incubus and mm-hmm. Slayer <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> with not liking metal at all. What about so. your boss? What was his? Cause he didn't I, say anything. He, like, I mean, because I know he listens to... Cake. Uh, yeah, Any I other mean... rock things. He didn't say anything. It, it's, it sounds close enough to things I listen to, so it, it wasn't weird. It just kind of And I listen to way it. weirder stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I got Zappa playing at work and stuff like that that's actual nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a general rock band, he's kind of just like, oh, cool. He yeah. doesn't even say anything about it. Well, I, um, how did I originally feel about this is something that I, th- I don't know if I've ever touched on too much um, when going over these questions. Uh, I've always really liked this entire album. There's not one song that I don't like. So having to pick the least favorite and the favorite, honestly, was kind of a challenge for uh-huh. me. Yeah. Um, I... I've always considered it to be a good album. It's always been in my rotation. So I think my feelings from then and now are pretty similar. Like I said, I listened to it a little more from an analytical standpoint this time. I really kind of broke it down. Uh, By the way, I love doing that now. 
I love listening to this stuff with a different brain now mm-hmm. and hearing it way it different big difference. than I ever have. Uh huh. It makes things either deeper or you just see that it's like kind of the same shit over and over again. I also think it's going to give a a door to other things getting in easier. Mm-hmm. So I carry on. I'm it's sorry. all about opening your brain and feeling shit, guys. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why we are okay with being wrong all the time. Uh, I'll probably be more wrong because I also have a bad memory. Um, Would I recommend this today? I would. I definitely would. Um, And before I get into any more information from you specifically on how you feel about the album as a whole, um, what do you think was your least favorite track? Least favorite track is Still Remains. All right. It's the only song I wrote down I kind of check out on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just kind of loses me. I, uh... Not to say that it's a bad song or that it's not enjoyable. It's just... It's, just, it's kind of like the out dip of all and this, everything. It's kind of the dip, yeah. I, um... Well, I technic- I wrote Hidden Track, and I knew that that's not fair because it's not technically oh, the band. Oh, you can't count that. Um, and it used to be something that I loved, but after finding out it's not them, I mean, I have to say I like it a little less. Um, I had a hard time, a really hard time figuring out my least favorite. Um, and I, I would have to say maybe also still remains. Because, I, like I said before, I think the vocals get kind of lazy. I love the song. But I just think, yeah, I don't know, but I really like the lyrics. I mean, it kind of, it's, it's almost kind of close with Army Ants for me. And even though I really enjoy Army Ants, I know that that's one that you really loved. Um, it's one that I think I also kind of check out too, because it sounds like it's like ending and I'm waiting for kitchenware and candy bars. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think that's just natural placement, like anything that's not super strong it's going to be which i mean it was relatively strong but yeah, you're just saying it's kind of dwarfed almost yeah yeah shadowed i would say i get it i'm not trying to offend people here um i get it even because i think dwarf i think every way to explain a little person sounds offensive <laughs> i wasn't even thinking about that well, dwarf i wasn't thinking about i would have said all. shadowed i want to say dwarfed uh, was well, that where your brain takes you is where your brain takes you. I got Peter Dinklage on the brain. <laughs> you always have Peter Dinklage on the brain. I definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving along to most favorite. Um, again, I enjoy all of them. I would say that Unglued has always and probably is still my favorite song. Followed closely by Kitchenware and Candy Bars. I don't remember what Unglued sounds like. Moderation is masturbation. Between that and what'd you say? Kitchenware and candy bars? Yeah. So the last song. Wow, the last part of the album. Uh uh My favorite. But it's the like the the verses I should say from Kitchenware and Candy Bars. Unglued is still but Unglued's the one that takes the has always been my favorite. Really? So you didn't have a problem choosing the favorite? You had a problem choosing the least? Um I felt like it should be different than unglued because I expected it to be unglued. It's always been unglued. So it was kind of hard for me to, I don't know, I guess commit to still being in the same place in that category on this album. Cause there's been no growth. I suppose <laughs> I just still <laughs> like the same sound. I just love it. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to choose army ants. 
<laughs> I figured that's how that would go. I just like the way it is. I don't know. Just seems the most my style. It's high powered. Yeah, yeah, and the drums are really cool on mm -hmm. it. I just it got me pumped up. Do you think you would ever? I like listen? the lyrics because it almost sounds like an anti-establishment kind of thing. Yeah. What'd you say? Do you think you would ever listen to it again? Uh, I don't want to say no, and I don't want to say yeah because it's not probably going to come up in my. It's not something that you would necessarily choose. No. But if it was playing, you'd be fine with it? Yeah, but it's, I said that about TLC last time. But like, Yeah, I don't know that that can be I can't say that about this because... Like, like I, if, I, if I needed to think of an album that I think everybody possibly might enjoy in the room, then yes, I would put this on. That's, that's a better answer. Like if I'm by Versus myself, it never being on your radar before. Yes. Yeah. Which is yeah, a, a yeah. step in a better direction. Which is I mean, nice that's because great. I run out of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I can only play so much stuff publicly. You know, nobody wants to listen to death metal or even just avant-garde. You know, nobody wants to listen to Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa or old Genesis, where it just goes on for twelve minutes. You're right. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, it goes on for twelve minutes. Yeah, and everybody's right. like, yeah, it goes on for twelve minutes. Mm -hmm. No one wants to listen to old Genesis. <laughs> a lot of people want to listen to old Genesis. <laughs> I I I know that there's a difference, but I've not listened to it. When I think of Genesis Oh, you just wait. It's always <laughs> always Guess what, Michelle, Mr. your next Phil album Thomas. is old Genesis <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Well we're not exactly there, but we are almost there. Um have you asked me no, what I think my... we are there. No, you haven't asked me my general impression of the album in its entirety. Well, that was Besides never... Besides the uh, yeah. recommendation or would I listen to it again. I think it was a good album. I think they did really well. Especially for a second album. That's crazy that they had this much material that's that solid. Mm -hmm. and it all sounds really good. And you can tell there was a lot of financial backing behind this. Some company believed in them. Some company said, hey... Take this, take all the money you need and make this album sound good. And they did it. And I think the Richard Peterson was an amazing song, even though it's not theirs. No, I I think it's a good song. It's just, I honestly did, I do like it less I, knowing that it's not them. Because I was so impressed. I was like, that's Scott. That's fucking crazy. I've never known that he could sound like that. There's no, I had thought. That but I had they to. had possibly wrote the music and recorded it and then just got either maybe it was the drummer singing or just some friend that they had that mm -hmm. had a ridiculous voice. I knew it wasn't Scott. I but just then, hoped. Yeah. I was just hopeful. Yeah. But yeah, I'm wrong. Again. Again, I'm wrong. Again. But yeah, I like it. I would definitely recommend it to the fullest. Um, but I would I would personally recommend a no, lot of Stone Temple I, Pilots I guess I albums. Have a, I have a question for you. Should I? Do I need to wait now? To because I kind of want to listen to the first album. Is <laughs> that coming up in the radar? No. Okay. Not so I, anytime soon, at least. So I can go ahead. You do whatever you want. All right. Because I mean, it's I I would like the idea of also doing albums that we both have listened to. Yeah. So I think it's fine. Uh -huh. It's just when you get that different brain and you start analyzing it and thinking about it differently you kind of hear things differently and yeah. it's a different perspective and a new experience. So I just realized that maybe the album I was going to choose is not on Google play. So uh, I'm sure I'd be able to find something. Hold on. Let me make sure before I mess up. Cause we yeah. are technically no, to it's this not. part. I was right. So okay. So I have to choose something else. 
No, you don't. Can I listen to it on YouTube? Maybe. All right, I'll try and find it for you. I'll still choose it. Is it that time then? It's time. All right. It's not. Bada bada bing bada bada bing bum. Bada bada bing bada bada bing bum. Bada bada bing bada bada bing bum. I'm getting ready for the next week. What's the song? What's the song? Just so happens. It's the bada bada bing album that you just made. You gonna give me? What's it gonna be? I'm gonna take that song you just made and loop it like 48 times, and that's what you have to listen to for a week, and that's what we're gonna review. It's my favorite album of all time. It's called Bibbidi Bop Bop by Michelle and the Bop Bop. Because you remember absolutely nothing that I said. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Did you not say Boobity Bop Bop? No, I didn't. All right. I don't anyway, think I said boob once. It is a tool album. Okay. It's a short album. Okay. Opiate. It's the first album. It's very short. Does it have. I wonder, because I have listened to Tool. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I'm. Interested in checking this out? I don't know how you're going to find it, but I might have the CD somewhere. If I do, I'll give um, it to you. It is on full album on YouTube. So you're good. Yeah, I've got it. All right. So I will be reviewing Opiate by Tool. Yeah, and we enjoy. We will be back in one, one week. One week. It's been one week since you came back and podcasted. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that I should definitely uh, do Smash Mouth because I just naturally felt that come out smash mouth that's not smash mouth that's bare naked ladies fuck oh jeez. all right didn't you know that they're the same band basically oh are they no i'm just no because for basically being the same they're band. not the same band one's from canada one's from california look at you getting all defensive i i will always defend smash mouth smash mouth belongs in a toilet i don't actually like smash mouth and so does do the bare naked ladies? They might be a little bit. I better had a bare naked ladies album back I in the day. I did too. I had the one with one week. The one, yeah, yeah. And that, did that have a blind in bed, just like Brian Wilson did? I don't remember. Maybe that was on a different album. I remember I Bob think it was had on a, a big bare naked ladies, ladies, bare naked ladies, as they should be. Bob had that album. Or he was into that band, and I stole it, and I thought I was cool. And beep! God damn it! I said his fucking name again. Tom Bloginski would be like, you're stupid. You like bare naked ladies. And he was right. <laughs> anyway, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's go. Uh, and we will listen to Tool and be back next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thanks yeah, for listening yeah, to the Couple of Critics Podcast. Hope you just enjoyed yourself in listening to the podcast. Bye and good night. I assume you're going to bed. Lay down your sleepy head. And touch the sand. Good night. Touch the sand. Goodbye.